Hello. Welcome to Public Affairs on WRBH. I'm Lynn Koppel. And today we have a really wonderful treat for you. We have a young man who is a uh, an up-and-coming star who you might hear about later, Dexter Doris, from New York, from Yonkers, is it? Is that where you're from? Or Westchester County, never mind. And I have Dr. John Barron, who is the Professor Emeritus of Music from Tulane University, and I bet many of you all who are listening have, have heard of him because he's active in all sorts of art things. And he's going to talk to Mr. Doris because I'm a complete idiot about the violin, and he's going to ask some technical questions, and we're even going to, I hope we're going to hear some of your violin playing at the end of the show. Absolutely, sure. <laughs> okay. Well, first, I have a question. You're, tell us how old you are. I am 13 years old. That's very young to have made up your mind about this, but I will ask, where do you see yourself going with this? Well, I mean, I hope to be a professional violinist. I hope to continue as a concert soloist. Mm-hmm. It would be nice maybe, um, you know, as maybe joining an orchestra, you know, maybe sometime when I get, you know, a little bit older, um, just as a start, and then maybe teaching later when it's about that time where I can't exactly perform that much anymore because I may not be able to get around as much. Um, You know, other times, you know, I'd like to tour the world and, you know, see see a lot of other famous musicians too and maybe get to know them and, you know, do a little kind of like collaborations with them and, you know, be able to play music. I think that would be, you know, That's what you see for the rest of your life, and that's wonderful to have kind of a plan. Sometimes plans don't work, but nothing works if you don't have a plan, so that's great. I'm thrilled to hear it. Thank you. Tell me about your, is this uh, an intrusive question, about your school. Where do you go to school? Do you go to a music teacher or at school? Well, if you're talking about my school, you know, where I get education sure. from. Sure. Where's your education coming? Uh, <laughs> I go to school in New Rochelle, New York. Okay. Um, it is in also Westchester County, sure. and I go to a school called Thornton Donovan. Okay. Um, they have raised uh, a lot of very famous people, actually, at their school, including uh-huh. a lot of celebrities who have done, like, many different things. Sure. And this school... Um, they're very academic, and they want the best for their students. Sure. And they accept, uh, you know, they accept almost anybody who tries to get into the school. And, you know, a lot of people who go to that school end up, you know, going to college, like really, really good colleges like sure. Harvard or, yeah. you know. Yeah, so I think that they're a really good school. I'm and then you going. take music lessons or to violin lessons somewhere somewhere else. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. I take music lessons in New York City, mm-hmm. because why not? With, <laughs> well, um, yeah, why not? <laughs> with um, my teacher, um, Dr. Setzer, Ann Setzer, who mm-hmm. teaches at um, Manus, a, also a school in uh, New York City, um, and also the Juilliard Pre-College Program, and she has been wonderful, and I love her, and I hope to continue working with her throughout, like, a long, long time, because I'm going to need her, so. Well, no, it, it is good, and you seem like you've got a... Don't you think this is a very good plan, Dr. Yes. Barron? I, I, Dr. Yes. Barron, ask him questions about the violin now, about well, things I, I, I know about that, education, don't know about I, the I violin. I think it's very important that you have not just a musical education, but that you have a very rich general academic. I think of Yo-Yo Ma, who went to Harvard, and in addition to playing the cello and has had such a spectacular career. Uh, 
and I think it his knowledge of, of other areas has enriched his playing and I expect you're going to be in that same position if you're going to a regular school. Uh, yeah, I have some technical questions, I suppose. Uh, Get technical. We're, uh, what yeah, instrument right. are you playing on? And what's the story with that? Okay, well, I play the violin, and um, the story of how I kind of got to it was um, I was about two years old, and my dad told me that at my um, that when I was delivered into <laughs> my loving family, he said that um, he was so happy that he literally whipped out his trumpet and he began to play the um, uh, the Bach uh, second second Brandenburg concerto because you know it has a trumpet solo in it. Uh, yes, way <laughs> overbalances everybody else. It does. <laughs> no, but he took trumpet for a few years and then you know I really I. I just really loved how it sounded. And, you know, he loved classical music. He still loves it. Um, he listens to a lot of, you know, famous virtuoso violinists like Hilary Hahn or Yasha Heifetz. And I got inspired by the violinist Itzhak Perlman, okay. um, who is also in uh, New York, too. So he played at a concert where I used to live in Albany, which is the capital of New York. Sure. And he went to a theater there, and I... I went there too to listen to him play and I was just sitting there throughout the performance and I was just like wow that is something that I need to be doing so I asked my mom hey mom can I play the violin so she literally spent two straight years looking for a teacher but she couldn't find any where we were living so eventually, when I got into pre-kindergarten... Pre-kindergarten? Wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, no, this is in preschool when I went to that performance. <laughs> okay, so okay, come got on it. now. So, Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, as I said, um, she, she found a teacher who taught at my school, and I began taking lessons with her. Sure. And yeah, ever since then, I've been like instantly hooked on the violin. I hope to be, you know, for a really long time because it's something, you know, it's it's a passion that a lot of my teachers say, you know, a lot of people don't have. Oh, sure. So, I mean, I'm really proud to be a musician and it's just who I am. So, okay. yeah. when I said about the instrument, I mean, the actual instrument, what violin, what? Uh... So um, this violin that I have here, um, this isn't uh, most violins uh, that I've had in the past were copies of I had a copy of a Gornary del Jesu, who was made by the violin maker Scott Cow. This here is made by a French violin maker named Jan Puan. And this violin that I have here is crafted from a wood that was from the French Alps, apparently. Um, that's a little hard to believe, but okay. So, um, no, but it's got a really great sound. And, you know, I tried this for a few days and... It's it's really lovely, and I think that it creates, you know, a really good tone. It does what I want it to do. It's a good violin. So. French violins have a little different uh, flavor from Italian violins. They're uh, a little richer, a little more mellow. Uh, Guillaume would have been the great French violin maker. Um, so I noticed that on your last, um, uh, at least I think it's your last YouTube, it was Vuitton that you were Yes. Like. Yes, yes. He made two trips to New Orleans and uh, in the 1840s and 1850s came here. In those days, they didn't play for one night and leave. They came here for a month because transportation was so horrible. They got here. They, they stayed here. 
And after his playing, uh, he played what he played in New York, uh, variations on Yankee Doodle and things like that. <laughs> the newspapers got after him and said, enough, you're a great violinist, play great music. Stop with this nonsense. And he was shocked that people in New Orleans were so much more sophisticated than people in New, New York. <laughs> so uh, he started playing Beethoven, and Mendelssohn was the rage then, and so on. Well, but, what, do you, uh, what do you like to play? Um, John, you, John, ask it. Yeah, well, Check was, this was, out. Yeah, what's, what are your favorites? Well, um, I'm currently right now playing the Vuitton, as Dr. Barron just said. Yeah. I'm also working on two rondos by Mozart, who I really, really love. Um, and then there's the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto. I'm playing mm -hmm. the second and third movements of that. But my favorite kind of music that I've been recently, like, really getting into is kind of like um, early Baroque-style music. Some mm -hmm. people like Bach or Vivaldi. I love that kind of music, too. So I've been listening to that. Unfortunately, I've never really done any... Uh, pieces like that, but you know, maybe one day they'll be like, "Hey, want to do some something like that?" And I'll say, "Sure, why not?" So. Uh, when you say early Baroque, I think of well, Corelli, who's the father of all violins. Yeah. Have you went through the the Corelli pieces? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, the only piece that I've ever done by Archangelo Corelli is La Folia. Yeah, that's from his Opus Opus Five solo violin. Opus. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's interesting when you trace it down. Every great violinist since Corelli has played those pieces. Yeah, well, so, so he's... Um, he's in the tradition, okay. Um, get technical, because we want to we wanna know all about the violin before we uh, get off the, the next 15 minutes. Well, I want to... I'm sorry, that's thinking a of, joke. Uh, well, I listened to the, the uh, Vuitton, and... Um, uh, you seem to have a very fine technique, and it's, of course, that's something you have to practice, 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 and constantly. But it seems to come easier to you than it did to me. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> well, you so no, much. That's not much of a compliment because I'm really No, it is a compliment. But, John um, listened to your, the tape your mother sent. Yeah. And said, oh, I'd love to meet that young man. I'm just so impressed with it. You remember yeah, we were at dinner right. one time, sure. But, uh, um, I remember Midori, uh, who was just all over the place. She was so this little girl coming out with her dolls, I think, on the stage and then performing incredibly. Uh, but she took off for a little while and discovered that she really didn't get into the music. She was playing all the notes, but and uh, then she started, to, she came back and it, it was great music. And I noticed a number of uh, violinists have told me they, uh, particularly Chrysler, they listen to the recordings and they, they hear sounds and, and interpretations that are really extraordinary. Are you listening? You mentioned Heifetz, uh, your father. Yeah. No, he's he's in love with Heifetz. Um, we all are. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I mean, I like Heifetz, too. A lot of people says that uh, say that he plays really fast. Hmm. Like, he plays everything really fast for some reason. Uh, I don't... He, uh, I was struck by the, the visual of you playing Vuitton that you did what Heifetz did, and he was criticized for it, but he proved them, all the critics, wrong. You didn't weave around with your body. You, you play, and you play. The notes is what counts. If you take the Heifetz recordings that are super fast, slow them down, and you will hear that every single note is there. Yeah. And, and he could do that. Not too many violinists could do it that way. Mm -hmm. But the important thing was that it's all in the, in the music. If you listen to the Heifetz recordings, 
uh, you're just awed by the the, yeah. the way he could play everything super fast. Only he could do it. When yeah. it came to the bo- famous recording of the Bach double, mm. he uh, he had to play both parts because they could find any of the violins uh. to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you going to try to? Ta- I know you want a career. When do you see that starting? Of course, I guess it already has started. Tell us why you're in New Orleans. Well, I'm here because I recently, in October of 2017, I have won the LPO uh, Young Artist Performance Competition, mm-hmm. and the prize is to play with the Louisiana Philharmonic, mm-hmm. otherwise more commonly known as the LPO, sure. for um, a young uh, young people's concerts. They call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a concert in which they combine classical music, so that's me, and then jazz music Okay. for children who maybe do not have, you know, that much learning experience when it comes to music. Sure. So I'm really excited because I've never performed with an orchestra before, and I'm also rehearsing with them today as well, so I'm really looking forward to doing that. Tell us what the date is and where it's going to be. What's um, the date? The 16th, was that? Yeah, it is Tuesday the 16th. Of February. Ten, uh, No, January. Oh, that's right, January, my yeah. goodness. At 10 a.m. at uh, the First Baptist Church in Kenner. Okay. So that's where it is going to be. And, and what are you playing? I'm going to be playing the last movement of the Vuitton, which I think you listened to. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Is it? Is it an open concert? Can anyone go? I mean, or I guess you have to pay, but still. I mean, I know that a lot of schools are going. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure if you can necessarily go in for free or anything. Maybe you do have sure. to pay. I know nothing about this because okay. I'm just performing. That's right. You're that's, so. Yeah. But check the website. Yeah, if you guys, uh, if they can check the website, it's uh, LPO, www.lpo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's easy enough yes. to do. Something and it's like at that. 10 o'clock in the morning, so yeah. it probably has a lot of school children. Yes. I remember those concerts, going with my kids to concerts. And it's fun. If you do, you know, even if you had to pay something, it, it's kind of a fun, a lively concert. It's worth it. Well, and it's fun. You know, it's it's nice to hear young people play and nice to be in a, a crowd with a uh, a whole bunch of kids who are maybe haven't heard that kind yeah. of music before. Yeah, many of the members of the orchestra, I think, are really into teaching, and they they really care about kids. And I think you'll find that yeah. they'll work with you very well. Mm-hmm. Well, and that might be, you might be like John. That might be the end of you know the, when your career, you know, you you have to do something else to to make money every day and learn to teach and uh, you know become successful in that as John has been fabulously successful. Not so. as a violinist. Well, not with violins, but with music. You're yes. well, the go-to okay. guy for a lot of musical things in New Orleans. Uh, well, I'm excited about this, and I'm so glad that you came down to participate in this. Oh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. And, John, more technical questions about the violin. Well, I hate to get too technical. Uh, well, but ask but him. I, this well, is your chance. Go ahead. It's yeah. okay. I'm not scared. <laughs> and you can say you don't know. There's nothing embarrassing about that. Well, I, I was going to ask you... Uh, do you play any sports? Do you do other things besides violin? Let me think about that. No, I do not play sports. I am sorry to all of you sports lovers out there. <laughs> I apologize. 
Nah. Feel free to hate me. <laughs> um, so, no, when I was four years old, I played soccer. The first minute I stepped onto that field, I was just about ready to, I was just going to bring it down. I swear, these people were like, like, I literally, want, in one of their games, I went to go get a drink of water from my mother, who was clutching a water bottle in her hand. And she's just like, come here, come here, get water, get water. And then I get water. And this coach pulls me away from her. And I'm actually sipping the water. And it scrapes my gum oh, no. at the top of my mouth. And it actually hurts. Oh, so, well, I'm well. sorry you had bad experiences, but uh, John, do you think people have the time? One of the problems, I think, and I, I wonder about this, is when you, you know, when you want to do something like have a career in music with a particular instrument, it does take up most of your time. And it I don't know up. that you have time but to go also, play soccer. Yeah, you also have to worry in, in most sports about uh, damaging your fingers or your, yeah. something that might end the career. But I was thinking of... Um, Quite a number of violinists I know who play ping pong and tennis. You yeah, non-violent sports. <laughs> yeah, at my summer music camp, like ping pong is basically their number one sport. So, mm -hmm. like you know, there you can find a lot of people, violinists, violas, cellists, every you know person like that. They always are like out playing ping pong, and it's like for them it's exciting. But I've always been off campus until now, so I don't really know. Well, but, but you can learn ping pong, and yeah. I, I can it, see it that. It works with the, with the wrists. Your it wrist does, movement. yeah. Yeah, good exercise. And, yeah. Well, that yeah. sounds good. Go ahead. I, that just worries me a little bit. It doesn't worry me. It's one of those things we have to make choices in life, and you have to go yeah. for what you want to do. Yeah. yeah. You're guarding your your hands all the time and worrying about it. Uh, get out of doing dishes. And other what? <laughs> no, I help my mom whenever she needs me to. I do laundry for her. Okay, but yeah. it's fine. Some yoga. Yeah, I do yoga though. Well, yoga's oh, an exercise. You and your hoodie menuin. He was big on yoga. Yo, really? Yes, I picture him standing on his head. Ah, something. something wow. Forward to that's uh, that's pretty surprising. Well. He had to do something. He was, by the time he was 20, he was so, what should I say, um, psychologically he had, had problems because he had been on the stage since he was six. And uh, so he, he took that uh, to relax, to um, whatever it was. I'm not well, a no. sandalist or anything, but. No, I mean, it is a relaxing thing. And people yeah. all say that, that it gives you, you know, another kind of pulls you together and gets you focused on things. And. That can help in whatever you're doing and is a calming thing. Right. And yeah. Well, if you go for the concert life, you know, you're on the road a lot and uh, a lot of tension in various ways. I mean, you're always on the spotlight and people expect people would go to Heifetz concerts waiting for the mistake. <laughs> waiting yeah. for the slip. No. I remember three in all the Heifetz concerts I heard. I remember those. You know. um, but something like doing yoga in your hotel room or wherever you can relax <laughs> and uh, forget it all and then come back refreshed. Yeah. Talk about before we came on, you had to warm up and we you all were talking about the instrument changes with the weather. Yeah, it's true, not just for the violin, but for the piano as well. You yeah. can ask piano tuners in this area have to tune the piano somewhat differently from the way they do up north because of the humidity. Hmm. And, and constant weather. This year, right now, in a fairly warm, fairly fairly cool spell for New Orleans, but most of the time in New Orleans, it's uh, vicious humidity and, and and the heat, 
uh, very wet, and it affects the hair on the bow, and it affects the strings and the wood and everything else. I mean, so you, yeah. Does when you are a violinist, you sort of have to take care of your instrument, don't you? Do you have to learn how to do that? Well, for me, it was a little bit hard because some teachers tell me different things like, oh, you have to rosin your bow every single day or, oh, you just have to do it once a week. It's okay. But what I usually do to take care of it is I, whenever I have to, I like a low rosin, a low kind of rosin hair on my bow because I feel like my rosin, it's like, it's good. But whenever I put it on the strings, they sound like, they sound really like grimy and like stuff like that, and it's just really, it makes me very, very. Uh, what's yeah, well, the you word? have to do something that that sort of fits your. Yeah, your, your yeah, ear. yeah. There's, um, I remember getting a type of rosin once where they had two sides to it. One was for for cold weather, and one was for warm weather. Isn't that interesting? But the biggest trouble I had with uh, rosin was I'd put it on and then I'd sneeze. <laughs> After I took, <laughs> took one bow stroke or two bow strokes, uh, the cloud comes up. Yeah. You know, would it be fun for you to play? We're getting down to around five minutes. Could you play something that would take us uh, kind of to the end of the show? Sure, absolutely. Tell us what you're going to play. Um, yes, so I'm going to be playing um, this Mozart Chrysler piece. Um, it's called Rondo, and um, it's actually originally from Mozart's Hafner Serenade in D major, which he named after his friend Elizabeth Hafner. So this is the fourth movement from that serenade, but this is um, arranged by Chrysler for violin and piano. But unfortunately, we do not have a pianist, so <laughs> let's just do it anyway. Thanks. Thank you. 
fabulous way to end the show. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for coming. And thank, I just think this has been marvelous. Remember that you can hear this more of this at the LPO concert at 10 a.m. on January 16th at the First Baptist Church and go on the uh, website. What? In Kenner. In Kenner. In Kenner. First Baptist Church in Kenner on the 16th. I hope you'll be there and see Dexter Doris and the LPO perform. And thank you so much, Dr. John Barron, for providing the uh, expert commentary here on it. This has been Public Affairs on WRBH. Thanks for listening.